is apropos. What the fuck are you doing? You are a death crooked. Rice cake off, baby. This guy went to flash you. Where does he come up with a thousand holes? Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 22 of the Nitromania podcast. My name is Adam. I am your host, and this is the show where we dig through mountains of shit to find small pieces of gold. It's like Storage Wars, except far less scripted. This is episode 22, 22, of course, being the number of stars in the Paramount Pictures logo, the length of a cricket pitch in yards, and, of course, the standard port number for the Secure Shell Protocol. I do hope all my American listeners had a fantastic Thanksgiving last week. I know I did, spending time with my family and getting food drunk on turkey and mashed potatoes and all the fixings. So uh, that was fun, but now it's time to move on. Last week on the show, we covered Nitro and Clash of Champions. What a fucking mistake that was. We had two surprising title changes to battle a live episode of Raw, and Medusa attacked Sister Sherry at the walk-up drive through altar, interrupting her wedding with Colonel Parker. Oh yeah, and Savage won the world title and Hogan promised to take it from her. So, on we go. It is Monday, January 29th, 1996, and we are live from Canton, Ohio. Scrolling colorful aisle logos, boom, 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 Pyro Bischoff reminds us that Canton is the home of the Football Hall of Fame and says that tonight proves to be one of the biggest, most exciting Nitros in the history of Nitro. The Giant is going to take on Savage for the world title. Pepe is dressed like a vampire, as Mongo tells us how devastating Giant's Chokeslam is. Remember, it's January, so I don't know why he's dressed like a vampire. He also mentions Flair versus Hogan. Bischoff isn't ready to talk about that just quite yet. He asks Bobby about the debuting Road Warriors. Bobby says no one can control the Road Warriors, and he smells a tag title change. Sherry and Medusa in action tonight as well, but first, Flair versus Hogan. This is your opening contest, which tells me that it's unlikely that it actually happens, because why would Hogan book himself in the opening match? Flair enters with Jimmy Hart, Hogan enters with Woman, two blonde prostitutes, and then brings out Miss Elizabeth, who looks like she's wearing a nightie. They continue to call her the big surprise of Clash of the Champions, despite announcing her appearance the night before. What the fuck is with the goiter on Flair's back? Anybody else notice that, or is that just me? Anyway, Hogan no-sells chops, clotheslines flare over the top rope, no mention of a disqualification, by the way, and we fight outside the ring. Back in the ring, and Hogan goes after Flair in the corner. He ignores the referee and then threatens to punch the referee because he's a good guy. We go to break following a couple of chop blocks by Flair. When we come back, Flair has control. Mongo then sums up Hogan's whole gimmick. Ooh, baby, he's been working on that knee. He's been slapping Hogan around. He's been systematically tearing him apart. But as you know, Brain, that doesn't matter. When the Hulkamaniacs start cheering, the adrenaline starts flowing, baby. Hogan comes back. Honest to God, that might be the smartest thing Mongo's ever said. Standard Flair top rope spot puts Hogan in control for a moment at least. Flair goes after the leg, then distracts the referee. Jimmy grabs Hogan's boot, and Hogan pushes him into the guardrail in a really weak-looking spot. 
Hogan no-sells a knee drop, then clotheslines Rick and drives him to the corner, up for a 10-punch, which he stops at 6 so he can bite Flair's forehead, because he's a good guy. Flair gets sent back outside, and we fight around the ringside area. Jimmy then chokes Hogan with his necktie. Back in the ring for the figure four, Hogan reverses it, then sells the knee for a moment before hitting Rick with a vertical suplex, because that makes sense. We no-sell some more chops, then punch, 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 flare into the corner. He tries to attack, but eats an elbow. We eventually get to the five moves of doom, but Jimmy distracts Hogan to prevent the pin. Arn Anderson then runs out with Nux, but Hogan blocks it. Nick Patrick does nothing, and Hogan dispatches Anderson. Jimmy Hart grabs Miss Elizabeth while Anderson steals her shoe. Flair kicks out at two and spikes Hogan in the eye with the heel of the shoe before pinning him for three. If this leads to Hogan with an eye patch, I'm all in favor. Hogan writhes in pain outside the ring as Macho Man runs out. Hogan then pops a blood capsule on his face as we go to break. This Saturday night, Malenko versus Flair, Luger versus Guerrero, the Saturday night debut of Public Enemy, plus Sting and the Giant. Enter the Faces of Fear when we come back. Meng and someone. Oh, apparently that's the Barbarian. They act like we're supposed to know they're a team. Uh, they're about to lose to Hawk and Animal. Uh, are the Road Warriors blue now to avoid some kind of trademark issue? I know I said that as a joke last week, but I'm beginning to think that I might actually be correct. The Faces of Fear control the match until Hawk no-sells a pile driver, which just reminds me of Drunk Hawk a few years from now on the Raw Attitude podcast. Animal tags back in and the Faces of Fear go back in control, meaning we know who the weak link is in this team. They tease the Doomsday device, but it's countered. Road Warriors then win moments later after a pretty standard diving clothesline from Hawk. We go to Mean Gene. Pull up your socks and get ready. Who's in the ring with Kevin Sullivan. Sullivan is upset because apparently the horsemen aren't holding up their end of their agreement. Sullivan yells a lot without really actually saying anything until Anderson and Pillman finally mosey on down to the ring. Hugh Morris is in there as well, but he's not actually doing anything. Anderson then yells at Pillman for not being around when Flair won. We won't mention that Benoit was nowhere to be found either. Anderson calls him immature and threatens tough love while taking off his belt. Sullivan and Morris then attack Anderson while Pillman hides on the outside. Sullivan steals the belt and starts whipping Pillman with it. Anderson eventually fights off Morris and chases off Sullivan. Anderson demands a match with Sullivan and Morris. Pillman promises to get them out of this mess, and we go to break. Back from break, Gene is still in the ring, now with Sister Sherry. We go back to Las Vegas and Medusa interrupting the wedding. Medusa then appears and climbs to the top rope as Gene very awkwardly hops out of the ring. Medusa hits a diving crossbody as the bell rings. They quickly brawl to the outside. Eric doesn't hesitate to remind us that Medusa threw the WWF Women's Championship in the garbage and says back leg round kick what seems like 24 times in the matter of a minute and a half. Sherry heads to the top rope. Medusa tries to throw her off, but Sherry hooks her somehow and pins her for the victory. Medusa then hits Sherry with a very scary-looking German suplex and just beats the shit out of her after the match. It should be mentioned that Sherry wrestled that entire match wearing stockings and no shoes. We're promised your main event for the world title when we come back. We come back from break for the Giants' entrance. I'm glad they found a use for those green lights from the Oz entrance. Macho enters with Woman and the same two whores as Hogan, but Miss Elizabeth doesn't get her own entrance this time. They awkwardly wave out Savage for an uncomfortable amount of time as Savage sneaks in and attacks Giant from behind with the belt. Uh, 
Referee Randy Eller immediately throws the match out before it even began because he's a terrible referee. Ric Flair appears and attacks Savage. Savage's arm, by the way, still taped up. I mean, I know he's old, but how fucking long does it take for an elbow to heal? Flair feeds Savage to the Giant, and Giant absolutely destroys him. He then, possibly unintentionally, stomps Savage right in the dick. A choke slam from the Giant, a knee drop from Flair, and Hogan runs out with a chair. He uses the chair to take out Flair, Giant, and the rest of the dungeon who run out. Flair then challenges Hogan to some two-cage match at Super Brawl and then seems to get legitimately angry at Mongo for thrusting the dog at him. Giant then appears and yells about grinding bones to make bread. Seriously? Not a joke? Uh, Jimmy Hart then yells something as Bischoff and Mongo give up and leave. Heenan sticks around to try and calm things down and clarify Flair's madman ranting for us. Flair promises to become a 13-time world champion at Super Brawl as we go off the air to a shot of Hogan and Macho looking disheveled. This episode of Nitro was alright. It was nice to finally see Medusa have a match. The opening contest was okay. The tag match was passable. And the main event didn't happen. So I guess if you go back and watch anything from this episode, make it Hogan versus Flair, I guess? It's a tough choice. I mean, you do get to see Hogan get stabbed in the eye with a shoe, so that's always fun. Uh, this episode has a 4.75 rating out of 10 on Cage Match and scored a 2.8 TV rating. Cage Match has also informed me that the two blonde hookers are Linda Hogan and Deborah McMichael. Interesting. Over on Raw, which was recorded the week prior in Stockton, California, Diesel pins the British Bulldog after Yokozuna inadvertently leg drops Bulldog. Doc Hendricks previews In Your House, the including the world-famous crybaby match between Razor Ramon and the 1-2-3 Kid, and gives us a Bret Hart promo. Doc tells us that Turner threatened to sue the WWF over the billionaire Ted Skits after supposedly calling Titan Tower and praising the segments. Yeah, fucking right. He then sends us to the newest Billionaire Ted sketch. The Godwins defeat the Body Donnas by pinfall in their tag team debut. Clarence Mason defends Vader's attack of Gorilla Monsoon. Rowdy Roddy Piper is then introduced as the acting president of the WWF. A Mankind vignette leads to your main event, where Shawn Michaels pinned Yokozuna after a superkick. This episode of Raw actually scored a 5.33 on Cage Match, but only pulled in a 2.4 television rating. And on that note, that does it for Nitro Mania this week. Next week is your go-home show for Super Brawl, which means next week I will tell you who my special guest host is for our big Super Brawl Nitro special supersized episode. Until then, be sure to check out all the shows here on the Rundown feed, as well as all the shows on the Questionable Endeavor Network, like this one right here. Do you like scary movies? You have been invited to the slasher sanitarium come join us as we talk about horror movies horror fiction and horror television subscribe now to the slasher sanitarium new episodes coming soon also send henry huge pecs an email asking him to record a bumper would you same for new blood rising I'd like to feature another wrestling podcast on here from time to time. Also, please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. Five bucks a month gets you access to special bonus episodes that we will be putting together on a semi-regular basis, along with some other rewards that will be announced in the future as soon as we think of them. 
All the money goes towards helping us pay for Potomatic hosting, which currently costs $100 a year, but could go up in the future if they decide to stop honoring the special deal I signed up for. So that is it. Thank you very much for listening. As always, I do appreciate it. I appreciate all the feedback. Send your feedback to rundownwrestling at gmail.com or tweet me at rundownpodcast, and I will talk to you again next Tuesday right here on Nitromania.